G'day Hawkers, happy to be back bringing you another jam-packed edition of the Hawk Talk podcast on the road to round one. We've got a couple of pre-season matches to recap, some AFLW news and other off-field happenings as well as all your burning questions. So let's get down to business. My name is Nick Mason and with me as always is a man that cast an eye on our hit-outs with Geelong and Collingwood and has a few thoughts on our Hawkers. G'day Tiz. G'day mate. Did you see they've cloned Sammy Mitchell from about 2001? How good does it look? <laughs> yeah, that, is that the new recruiting policy at Hawthorne? <laughs> Just to dip back into the past and go, yeah. it looks a bit familiar. Lookalikes and Hawthorne supporters. It can't go wrong. <laughs> it's a dual-pronged approach. Uh, Cam McKenzie. Disposals. 24. Eight contested, four clearances, five inside 50s. And, you know, he doesn't he doesn't weigh anything ringing wet yet. This is <laughs> This is the future... This is what we have to look forward to. 487 metres gained as well, and 11 score involvements. And in that, a goal for himself. 11 score involvements. Yep. Wow. Can we get excited off a practice game or? No. Is it? Uh, is it? <laughs> frankly, no. I think hyperbole in either direction is a folly when it comes to practice matches, but, you know, I'll, I'll tolerate. Some modicum of excitement. Are you sure? Because it looked like Sammy was taking it pretty seriously, giving McGuinness a tagging role in a pracky match. (laughs) I suppose so. It worked, didn't it? I mean, restricted Nick Dacos to 17 touches and just three of those contested, and he was blanketed for the match. Uh, There was one bloke whose game I really liked, but I I couldn't really rate it because he missed so often. Because he missed so often. That's... (sighs) We're a little bit rusty here, folks. It took me a second or two to catch that one, so apologies. But uh, it's all between the ears. His efforts were much better this week, and you got to you got to appreciate who he's up against. Well, the leap from one game to the next it was encouraging. Wasn't a lot of it? people I mean, calling it Tassie Factor because he loves Tassie. Because <laughs> he loves Tassie, is that he does. Thing? He does. His stats are much better. Actually, yeah. There. Well, I, we would know. Yeah. We were there when he kicked, what, five? Yeah. Six against Adelaide, whatever it was. Uh, so, yeah, there might be some merit to it. But, but when you're doing it against Collingwood's captain, new captain. Yeah. And he beat him in one-on-one marking contests. Mm-hmm. And you've got you to hand it to him. He's There's a lot of pressure on him without your mate. Yeah, my mate missing the uh, the first few games of the season, it looks like. And... You know, we know what a Hawthorne injury list looks like and, and how it reads. He could be out even longer than that. We just don't know. No, there's um, there were a couple of, I noticed, Kel Porter apparently got a hand injury. Broken hand, if you don't mind. Yeah. Reckons he's going to be right for round one. Yeah. I don't think he's had a broken hand before. <laughs> well, it we'll depends see. where it's broken. Well, true. So, anyway, much improved. Do we have to talk about Geelong game? No, Because no, you made not me really. do the tweeting for that. Which is very bloody, very generous of you. <laughs> I was at work, otherwise I love doing that normally, but I had to uh, it went outsource from, it Let to me you. tell you, yep. it went from about 4 o'clock to about 9.30, that whole well, cavalcade. Of hey, can I just hawk. put it out there for the listeners? 
There's and no... why on earth can't they press reset <laughs> on the score? Yeah, I know. Why yeah. did I have to keep doing maths in the second... Well, in the second half of the eight-eighths? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, look, there was no pressure on you or expectation for you to sit there for the full <laughs> several hours of, I did. of game time. You should have seen me trying to walk out from the couch. <laughs> just, my, <laughs> both legs were dead. There's a massive groove in the couch. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I appreciate it. But um, I don't know. Like, I, I caught up on it later after the fact, and it started so promisingly. That ball movement to get Impy that first goal was... Oh, you mean the first 30 seconds. <laughs> you, <laughs> you dog, is that I, all you watched? No, I watched more than that. <laughs> I'm saying it started promisingly, and after that it became a much tougher watch, admittedly. Yeah. I will say that without John Newcomb, we're, we're up the creek without a paddle. He is incredible and looks like he has not taken a backward step. What about the new number 44? Henri... Ustwet? Yeah, no, we're not doing <laughs> we're that. We're not doing that. We'll retire that. Double H. Double H. Really great at the coalface. I mean, everything they recruited him for, he half, seems to be Apart from the kicking. The kicking was a little bit dicey. But well, the handball well, is his... unbelievable. Well, more specifically, he was recruited for his handballing. Do you remember? Yeah. That according to, uh, I think it was McKenzie, we have the best handballer in the draft crop. Yeah. But we also have the best kick in the draft crop in Cam McKenzie. Do you remember that? Yes. So... We saw evidence of one and the other. Yep, that's so tick and tick. All right, we move on. Uh, no, obviously the Geelong game was not particularly fun to watch. Uh, more with three goals, though, is super encouraging. Vice-captain Dylan Moore now, as we know. Given some leadership there. Look, uh, we all know the story of Dylan Moore, but Moore and his, well, very, very well-versed tutor, mm. Luke Bruce. Yes, vice-captains. Both VCs. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Sisley's just sort of... I'm not saying he's disinterested. He's just like... No, he's saving himself for the good stuff. Yeah. It's, it's obvious. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. No concerns around James Sicily at all. He, just... he looks like he's just motoring in second gear in a way that's probably perfectly acceptable for the, for this time of year, to be honest. And blank is fullback from here on in. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. Chips are in on blank. It's going to be interesting. I, I really like James Blank, but the, the task that he's got ahead of him this year, it's a oh, big it's a one. big workload. Yeah. Yep. We're darting all over the map here. Can we go to the, to the forward line again? Let's talk Fergus Green. Well, we've been on his case for years. We wanted to see him in AFL. We haven't seen that yet. But mm-hmm. all things being equal, and if you begin as you are going to continue, That's Green right. looks fantastic. I mean, from... And he's given away goals, he's given away shots on goals. He's a bit of a team player. Mm-hmm. He's getting to great positions. The past two seasons at Box Hill for Fergus Green, we've watched him closely. And over the course of that two seasons, we've said, probably be a pretty good idea to bring him up to the, to the senior list. Pretty good idea. We almost mounted a campaign of banners. That's right. And uh, lo and behold... It's looking like a pretty good idea to bring him up to the senior list. <laughs> so I'm just saying, it's very encouraging that what we've seen so far, he seems to be making good on all of his VFL form, so it's great. McDonald? The passing? the yeah. um... He does look good, I'll give you that. What are we going to do with him from here on? Like, Because we can't have a bloke that talented hanging around half forward. I know what a big fan you are of Chad, hanging around half forward with all that talent. We got a question from Kurt. C-Max's improvement and ability seems to be flying under the radar a lot. Is his best position the high half forward role he's playing, or should we be looking at getting him more involved in the midfield? He really reminds me of a Dylan Moore type player. 
Does he? Ha- he doesn't have the tank of Dylan Moore. Yeah, Moore, Moore's endurance is well noted, but Conor McDonald was recruited as an inside mid. So, you know, I have to believe that that might be the trajectory that he's on, yep. that he'll eventually feature there. But, geez, we're stacked for midfield talent or midfield potential, I should say. It's probably Do the you word. think so? Well, at the moment, yeah. You think about who we could oh, potentially I was going run. through the list trying to pick that 22 or whatever for yeah. the competition, yeah. 2023. 20, mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you know, I've got a lot of midfielders in here, but I could do with a couple more. Yeah, well, that's that's true. All I'm saying is the sheer amount of um, experimentation, the breadth of experimentation that we have through the midfield this year is is insane. It's more than we've ever had uh, in years and years. I mean, rattle them off the top of your head. Obviously, you got Newcomb starts there, Ward, Nash, Warple, McDonald's, you could eventually plug in there, Stevens, Dylan Moore. Day, yep, Sicily. I know you're a big fan of Sicily in the midfield. <laughs> Didn't work against Geelong. No, it did not. Uh, probably we'll get Shell from there. Mm, maybe. But I did enjoy watching it. It didn't work, but I enjoyed the... <laughs> McKen- the I, I enjoy the idea of it. Mackenzie, obviously. Yep. Hustweights. Yeah, I don't, don't know that we're going to see a lot of Hustweight. Yeah, well, my point is that from round one... Between round one and round 23, there's a lot of potential to see a fair few faces through that engine room. So what did you think of the structure of the forward line with Meek rolling forward as a full forward, basically? Well, that's what I anticipated. I, I much more fancy Meek as a, as a full forward than Reeves, but I imagine they'll just rotate and um, have, have a resting Ruckman forward. I, just, I always thought that was going to be the idea, regardless of if Lewis was out there or not. But you can see that Without Mitch Lewis, it's a it's a makeshift kind of deal. You know, Mitch Lewis being out has forced us to try and think on the run about how we're going to do this, and I don't think it'll be it'll really be settled and hit its straps until he's back. And and, and not just because he's a talent himself, but I think structurally and in terms of the system, I don't think it's really going to click until he's back. Don't you love the speed at which Meek comes through and takes a mark? Well, he thought he had a little bit too much speed about him. <laughs> Went for a bounce. Did you see that along the oh, line? Yeah, <laughs> but but his his attack on the footy is is very nice. Yeah, I like it. I, I like that our ruckman Reeves and Meek have different attributes. Their strengths, uh, you know, are quite different from one another. They complement each other. I think Reeves, obviously, being a, a very good potentially tap ruckman, uh, but you got you got Meek who could be such an aggressor and good at the ground ball as well. We've talked about it before. He is a tank. He is a unit. I got to say, I wasn't impressed with the rucks. No, that, neither were games to really feel an overwhelming sense of encouragement about that area. I agree. Segler was quite good. He can't have that much footy left in him, right? What is he? Thirty-one, thirty-two. I mean, he's a ruckman at Geelong. Yeah, okay. It could be a few years. Yeah, I carry him for years. <laughs> there's a, there's some interesting stuff about Bramble. Was he good? Wasn't he good? I thought he was very good. I thought he was okay. He's not in my starting 22 for round one. Is he in yours? I, I think he is. Did you find it tough putting together your 22? Because I've found it tough. Yeah, because we're not very good. You're always going to find <laughs> it tough when you're not very good because it, it's not clear who's in their best positions. Yeah, okay. I suppose there's yeah, merit to that thinking. but And also um, guys are going at half pace, like Frost is going at half pace. Mm. Well, Frost can because there's no one under him challenging him right now. Have you noticed? I mean, who's the first name that comes to mind? Tell me. To challenge him. Yep. To unseat Frost from his position in this lineup. 
Really? Yep, go on. You want me to go there? Yeah, I do. Pick six. Yep. We're not doing this because I've... <laughs> I, don't, I haven't said anything. I, I have looked at him and I've thought, this is the year this bloke's going to really improve. Yeah, it still could be. I haven't said anything else. You're looking at me like I'm having a go. I'm not. You're definitely having a go. I'm yeah. not. What's he, 20 years old, right? Yeah. 20 years old. Give him another season. See how he goes. Right. We're, this is the I, pre- I believe we've got a trade in the questions here. Oh, really? For DGB, don't we? Yeah, you might be right. Let's fish it out. There, there's someone who, who's like, what could, you know, can we get... Ah, oh, that's it. Sarong. So we've got both Sarong boys. One at the VFL and one at the AFL list. Yeah, and let, let's then Caleb do... is at Frio, and Caleb's a very good player. Let's do the question justice. This is from Woz. Uh, are we angling to get Caleb Sarong in the next few years with his brothers on Hawthorne slash Box Hill lists? Would DGB plus a pick be enough? Now, first thing to note is that Caleb Sarong literally just inked a new deal, and he's going to be with Frio till the end of 2027. So That's going to cost us more. Exactly. If anything's going to happen in that space, it will cost us. But we do have Liam Sarong now running around for Box Hill. As well as? And Jai Sarong. Okay. So collect the set. Got to catch them all. Yeah. Well, famously, we had Brad Lloyd, and then we got... <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> and there were the Quarrelford brothers. That that was quite good. DGB plus a pick. So already on Hawthorne's fans' minds is the idea of sending him back Life west. without DGB. It's just a pick six, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. It would the heat would be off him instantly if he was taking like the fifties or something. <laughs> yeah, because he'd be like, oh, like yeah. Brian. <laughs> but forty percent game time against Collingwood, you're not going to be able to show that much in that time, right? No, he gave away a goal, didn't he? And but it's just the the fact that you know we don't have any real indication of how the club sees him. So, well, not not in the starting twenty two. I wouldn't have thought. There's two defenders I can think of. The other bloke in that bracket? Yeah, I think you're reading. You're Jekka? Anticip- well, Jekka, but also you're anticipating maybe where I was going to go. Is Scrimshaw. Who's no, no, who's he's seemed- had an interrupted preseason. Well, he seems to have fallen out of favour as well. I don't well. think so. You think it's just the, the shoulder niggle and that's yep. it? Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. He was integral to the game plan last year. His little chip kicks, ball retention out, out of the back half. No, oh, I agree. I'm a huge Scrimshaw fan. I'm big Goes Jack back for the flight mark. of the ball. No. Yep. I, I get it, but he was in the... Um, Tell ha- me about Jacker. What's happening? Well, just let me speak my piece on, on Jack Scrimshaw first. The fact that he was in the the possibles, not the the probables. And I know they switched teams in the intra-club. I know that. Mm. But do we read into that at all, or do we just... No. As for Jacker, mm. I trust he trains as a defender. I, You know... I've seen him line up with the forwards on occasions, but you know, have they made that call? Have they solidified his spot in this lineup? No. So what are we calling him? Is just a utility? Well, that's the problem. You can't put him forward because he hasn't performed there. Mm-hmm. You can put him back, but you've already got Sicily who plays his role, mm-hmm. and then you've got DGB who could play his role and mm-hmm. probably better, but has never been told. You can have that role. So Jack is in a bit of no man's land right now, is what you're saying. <clears throat> he is, but the way he the way he rolls around the footy field, I, I don't think it looks like minimum effort, and you, it comes to him every time. You can't tell me he can't play forward. It's just not working out for him at the moment. Oh look, if Cosy continues to be inaccurate and continues to to look, run a, at a low confidence at a low ebb, then I think the door's open for Jacker. Nah. No? So Co- How come? They're, they're all chips in on Cosy, I think. 
Not if he doesn't perform. That's what we've heard. He played well. Yeah. He just kept missing. <laughs> He's out there to kick goals. Well, Jekka didn't kick any better the week before. Yeah, well, Jekka has time to have more of a shot in that role. I There's think. something about Jekka going in the forward line. He doesn't look in the right positions, but in the back line, he has a man to take him to the right positions. And I think mm. if when he matures and works out the game plan and the style and everything... <laughs> How long has he got to mature? He might only have a year. Well, he does only have a year. So there you That's go. That's the contract. Might... Exactly. So if you're in no man's land on the final year of and the contract... And new... now he's got a new coach at Box Hill. Yeah, that's right. He'll be at Box Hill the first week anyway. Oh, but... yeah, no doubt. But as you say, Cosie will give him an opportunity. That's my thinking. I, if I don't... he kicks like that. Well, I don't think... Yeah, Cosie's spot in this side is vulnerable. That's... I don't know how anyone could say anything Cosie's an AFL footballer. Yeah, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he isn't. Jekka may not be. But I'm suggesting that Jekka will have a chance to find out if Cozzy runs at a low ebb. Okay. That's all. And probably deserves to. He played well as a forward. How do you think Sammy is thinking about this year? Are we going all guns blazing early, trying to get wins? Because Essendon looked pretty shoddy. Mm Mm-hmm. That's definitely one we could possibly win. Okay, so this question from Flat Track Pauly, right? On this very topic. Most likely wins for the first six to eight weeks. Who we got? Essendon first up, of course. Okay, I'll read them out and you go likelihood of winning out of three. Okay? I'll respond how I want, but go on. Ah, fine. All right. <laughs> All right, here's the first eight opponents. You right? Don's at the G. We can win that. Sydney at the SCG. No, they're too strong. They don't play well at the SCG, Nick. What are you talking about? <laughs> what I have to do is travel up there to see him. That's when they lose at the SCG against us. April Fool's Day. <laughs> against North. Against North. What time is it? That's important. Yeah. Quarter to, <laughs> quarter to two. All right, well, pass the window. Now, I, I, look, we're good enough to beat North. Come on. Uh, Geelong? No, I think they, they get us this year. The Easter Monday. Uh, GWS, the game we're attending in Adelaide. That's right. Isn't no, interesting? We can beat them. So we can beat I'm having three a, of the first five. Yeah, according I'm, I'm, I'm penciling us And then we've got Adelaide. Where's that? That is at Utahs. Oh, dare to dream. Surely not four of the first six. Exactly. Surely not. Dogs, round seven. No. Frio, round eight over there. No. Melbourne. No. West Coast, round ten. We're going through the whole fixture. What are you doing? We're up we got halfway. <laughs> okay, well, we beat West Coast, yeah. We beat West Coast. Yeah, that's on our home deck, isn't it? It's in Utahs. Yeah, no, we'll get that done. Mate, we're never going to get that bloke you want. <laughs> I think Harley's out of the equation anyway. <laughs> a brand new Harley at Hawthorne would be fantastic, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I simply don't think... Whatever happened to Harley Burnell? He was getting a flight over, remember? Is he playing for... Oh, he's playing for some VFL club. He's playing for Melbourne? Anyway. Casey? Probably. Or is it Portman? Anyway, who cares? Good old Harley. I don't think we're that bad. That's my reading on this season. That's my prediction. We're not as bad as some people were forecasting... When we're getting our asses handed to us by Geelong. Do you know what? The eight looks already set. Pretty much, yeah. It's weird. It was pretty easy. I was doing our opposition analysis for um for the season guide that we're releasing later this month, listeners. And when I thought about the makeup of the top four, I'm like, well, that's easy. Yeah, but don't we always go into the season with this sort of... No, I, I don't remember being Blase, this sure. Melbourne will be there again. No, I don't remember being this sure. I'm pretty sure on the top eight. 
Okay. So most likely wins for the first six to eight weeks. Yes, uh, flat track poorly. They're most likely wins is what we've learned. <laughs> I don't know. that. Was it crazy of me to, as we ran through it? I predicted a lot of wins. You did. Was that insane? Probably. Okay. I guess we'll wait and see. We're very close to round one. Because you got to remember they're young. Even if they do get a couple of wins, they'll get complacent. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, think about round one though, Essendon. I have no idea what to expect from them. Are you? Am I like Essendon that? or us? Essendon. I, I don't know what to expect. I well, don't know. I don't know if they're any good. I don't know if last year it was a catastrophe for them. What are they going to turn in this year? Um, they haven't made really that significant amount of change off off field. They've got a new coach. That's the big one. Pretty significant. Yeah, but in terms of personnel, in terms of the players out there, what Will Setterfield? Great. Strungers. Done, isn't Strongest, he? as in ham. Yeah, as in ham. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he's probably not going to be fit. Okay, well, he's the bloke that beat us last time. Thinking you're forgetting about uh, two meter Peter. Oh yeah, yeah, mm. that could be a problem. Blank. Yeah, I'm drawing one actually. Um, anyway, um, we won't have Max. Have you wondered what Max has been doing? I assume running around for Box Hill. They played a practice hit out last week against Collingwood. They won. Yeah. One pretty handily in the end, actually. So clear third choice for Ruck. I'd say so, yeah. I, I'd say that it's Ned and Lloyd. That's the duo we're running with. Just before we get into the questions, mm. Will Day, what are you thinking? Well, it brings me back to the the Collingwood game where I thought he performed quite well. He he looks at home as a mid. He, he slotted in rather well. 20 touches, nine of those contested, six inside 50s, eight score involvements. But... Without the stats, the the statistical data, just the look of it, it just looks right. What about you? I sort of I sort of cringe every time he gets tackled because he's a t- bit too light on for you still. Well, yeah, I get I'm still reminiscing about that tackle he got against Richmond. Oh, okay, yep. But you know that was I hated watching that. But then I look around the group and I see they've got Nash and Warps, who's actually. Hitting his straps a bit. Well, can we talk about James Warple? We, we need to tip our hat to, to well, Warps. Because well, and Meek. And you've got some big bodies around there. That's what I was going to say. But go on, Warple. James Warple with 30 disposals, 17 of those contested, which I think is great. Getting in and doing the uh, getting his hands dirty, basically. How did he go against Tom Mitchell? Don't know who you're talking about, actually. So <laughs> nine clearances, eight inside 50, 624 metres gained. A lot of buzz for James Warple coming off the back of this one practice game. They both played quite well. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tom Mitchell didn't win a Brownlow for nothing. Right. He's a decent player. Mm. But Warps, I think a lot of people were buzzing after the fact, saying... Openly competing for the contested ball this time. <laughs> they were saying that he might have recaptured his uh, PCM winning form, which off the back of one game and a practice game of that <laughs> is a massive call. Yeah, but I mean, I hope you'll right. love to see it, right? Oh, well, it's, it seemed like he, he found something. And Cooper, is there any sign of Cooper Stevens? Yeah, he's playing as an inside mid for Box Hill. He did line up in the practice game. Any good? Well, not as good as the other inside mid, Ned Long, Ooh. who is uh, touted as BOG. So, oh, I love this. Helped himself to a gold, but the result beyond doubt. So I've tipped big things for Ned Long. I don't know how he's going to break into the lineup. I just reckon second half of this year... That's one of my predictions. What is it? Ward, Long, and Ramsden? Is that the... Is That's that the, the trio, the yeah. The Triforce. Friendly trio, yeah. yeah. The Triforce. Yeah. Wow. Just such a Zelda nerd. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, 
Boxing's kind of exciting. There are quite a few names. I was, you know, researching what had happened, what went down this practice game, and you know, Butler. Butler isn't in my twenty-two. Isn't in my first twenty-two. Uh, Brockman, O'Sullivan. So we right in thinking that Bruce pushed Butler out. As in the spot that Brewster's holding down in the, in the twilight of his career, that's earmarked for Butler, is your point. <laughs> is that what I'm saying? Well, I think, well, well what I are you saying? I just mean Bruce came back in and Butler was out the door. Uh, well, yeah, okay, all right. But of course he would be. Most players would well, be for Well, it could have been Bruce. someone else. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I see it as being Butler, sure. Okay. Shall we get on to questions? Uh, this one from Callum. We've sort of already touched on this. Any news of Cooper and Scrimshaw? Uh, neither played in the practice match. Uh, Scrimshaw, I think we're, he's still dealing with a shoulder niggle. Um, I don't know whether it's just that or whether he's fallen out of favour. Cooper Stevens, like I said, he did what play. What indication is there that he's fallen out of favour if he didn't play? Well, it's the intra-club thing and the, and the fact that he played against Geelong and he made a fair few obvious blues. It was unlike him. Yeah, he looks underdone. Yeah. He's much better by foot normally. It wasn't really coming off against Geelong. Uh, not much did that day, to be fair. Um, although apparently, I, did Seamus Mitchell have an absolute day out in the second half of that? Yeah, he's good. It sounded like he had 30 touches or something. Was it that many? Apparently. I couldn't tell by the commentators. <laughs> but I did declare that he can play on those tweets I had You to did, do. you did yeah. indeed. I noticed that. No, he's, uh, I could see why he still got listed. That was the big question at the end of last year. Mm-hmm, indeed. This question from Mitch. Uh, if you had to rank the players in our midfield based on one, ability to perform now, and two, potential, how would you rank them? Oh, wow. Uh, Ward is the highest potential. Okay, yep. Off the current evidence. Yeah. I mean, Cam McKenzie looks immaculate, but mm-hmm. let's go with Ward. Ability to perform now, our best performer. Got to be Jai. Yeah. Yeah, easy. Well, you haven't, we haven't either of us mentioned Amon. Against Geelong... I could have flogged him back to Port Adelaide right then and there. <laughs> I mean... There were moments where I was like, uh, there, wasn't even a, <laughs> there wasn't even a bloke there, Carl. Um, he was far better against Collingwood. But oh, 100% of, better, but I had players, a lot of buyer's regret, right? Yeah, yeah, a lot of our players were better the following week. But, you know, even against Collingwood, I don't think he really caught my eye that much. Did you notice him very much? I did. I thought it was Jager for a long time. <laughs> I'm I'm having that too actually. <laughs> uh, no, he, he's good. He's got a lovely kick, and and, hmm. and he showed it against Collingwood. Stripify Premium. Who's the one player you want in our best twenty-two slash twenty-three that you can't fit in? Jacker. Really? Okay. Jacker. Right. I think the more time you give that boy, the better he gets. Yeah. So I'm right behind that as well. I found it difficult to. I was weighing up. Yeah, because we're thinking at round one, starting mm. 22, and I thought, well, will they go with Scrimshaw or won't they? Who do I have out of Bramble. the side? Yeah, Bramble, Scrimshaw, Impey. Impey's proving himself this year. He's had, a, he's had a red-hot start of the year, so I think he gets the nod. But, yeah, even Butler doesn't make the side. I want him in the side, but you he doesn't make it. You haven't mentioned Nash. Nash is in my side. He is? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Really? He is. Were you impressed on, the week, on either of those practice matches? He's running off reputation from last year. Yeah. <laughs> nothing to write home about in those I mean, two he does games. a power of work, but he wasn't getting the ball a lot. Uh, Pridgey, which of our first round draft picks from the last few years will turn out to be the best? So you've got Day, DGB, Ward, and McKenzie. It's Ward. It's got to be Ward. At the moment. Mm-hmm. Hawthorne Zone, does Finn McGuinness cement a spot in the side playing the tagging role? I would say it has merit. I'd say that's happened, but... Merit. Is it round one, isn't it? He has oh, 
Oh, that's good. Yeah, thank you. That's quite good. <laughs> it was a subtle one, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Now he's captain, of course. They'll take that off him. <laughs> um, yeah, but Finn has to, like he did, he, he kicked a couple of goals against the grain last year, and that's exactly what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. To be an effective tagger. I think he's best 22. There's no question of that for me at this point. Uh, This one from Andrew. Is there anything more beautiful than McKenzie delivering the ball inside 50? He had some good inside 50s, I'll tell you that. Very clever. Yeah. Putting it to the advantage of your uh, teammate. Um, And not only that, but they're in good positions to have a shot. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's intelligent and... It makes it a lot easier for those players playing forward. I mean, that goes without saying. But, you know, if Lewis can rely on actually leading up and taking a mark rather than trying to beat two men in the air, you know, he might kick 50 goals if you're lucky, Nick. Hell of a season if he misses the first few weeks and still kicks 50 goals. (laughs) Uh, This question from Neil. Warps, Morris and Cozzy all seem to be at the crossroads right now. Who, uh, Who of these do you see as still being at the Hawks next year? Jeez, we have to stamp some papers, apparently, this question. <laughs> Morris has the hardest road from here. Cozzy's yeah. in the lineup to begin the year, so he gets his chance. And Warps would appear to be um, back, getting back into the swing of it. Yeah, uh, that that's how I'd rank that, that question as well, from and, player for player. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Warps has that, that vibe to him of being a bit of the teacher's pet. I mean, Sammy honestly has put in so much time mm-hmm. to James Warple and it would surprise me if that wasn't rewarded by James and staying loyal to the club given given our need of midfielders. This question from Anthony, we've kind of touched on this already. If Cozzy doesn't improve his kicking, do he just persist or does it become a liability to keep playing him? Persist. It's all between the ears and it's a pracky mm. match. Maybe he's only going at 20... What, how many shots did he miss? Maybe he's only going at 20%. Well, what's wrong with the practice match at Arden Street? Maybe he's doing a Sicily, turning up, doing 20%. One out of five shots. He kicked six against uh, North on his debut year in a practice match. So how about that form? Can we have that cosy back, please? (laughs) No, it's between the ears, isn't it? It seems like it, yeah. He's finding the footy. It's just finishing at this point. Uh, People would have a completely different outlook on him if he put through those goals. And that's... Footy's cruel like that. Well, he should be putting them through. That's the expectation. Yeah. Oh, I'm not defending him in that sense. He absolutely should be kicking goals. And that's why we're talking about him now in this this sense. Uh, This question from Numo. Morrison last year became an absolute lock and a mainstay of the team. He hasn't played any of the preseason matches and is building his fitness base again after his hamstring injury. Does he play round one? No. No. Moving on. No disrespect to Numo. He has a spot. Yeah, he's oh, absolutely. Just, he's just out of form. No, there's no question that he's, you know, whether he's good enough or not, he clearly is. He's coming off a career-best season. He was one of the best wingmen in the comp. That often gets overlooked. Uh, statistically, he was right up there. So, you know, Numo, you raise a good question. But I think simply from being underdone, he can't line up in, in the round one side. And we can cover him. We've got enough players to cover his role. But, of course, so far this pod, we've talked a little bit about who goes where, who does what, Fair bit of that going on in the AFLW right now. Yeah, real list management, not prophetic list management. <laughs> not fantasy booking. Uh, <laughs> AFLW priority signing period is, uh, is throwing a bit of a curveball for the comp. It's allowed us to to pick up two amazing recruits, frankly. We've raided Brisbane. We wanted to get three players from Brisbane. That's our entitlement. We're allowed to get three 
uh, three players who have played three or more seasons of AFLW and not have to trade a thing. They just walk and come to Hawthorne and that's the end of it. Really? Pretty great, right? And that's the expansion clubs. Each expansion club had different entitlements. Mm. So I think Essendon were allowed two players. We were allowed three. Great. Love getting one over Essendon, literally. Uh, Port had, I think, three and then a huge list of other entitlements. And then Sydney were allowed five. And I just thought, piss off, Sydney. (laughs) Why? Why are they still getting concessions even in this league? Anyway... Got two players, and uh, what a premiership duo they are. Emily Bates and Greta Bodie. That's a major crew ahead of this season. They uh, have both signed on the second day of the AFLW priority signing period. Uh, now, a bit about Bates for uh, for people that are unacquainted. 27 years old, 21.3 disposals, 7.1 tackles per match in season six. So that's a couple of, a couple of seasons ago now, but... That culminated in her winning the league best and fairest. She scooped the AFL Coaches Association AFLW Champion Player of the Year and the AFL Players Association AFLW Most Valuable Player. She is one of the premier talents of the comp. Make no mistake about that. She was the first AFL player to win all three of those individual end-of-season accolades. And now she's in brown and gold. Didn't have to trade anything for her. She just walked over. Welcome, Emily Bates. And welcome, her partner in crime, Bodie. There are highlights on YouTube at the moment of their days in Brisbane of Bates delivering to Bodie and Bodie kicking a goal. Brilliant, we've taken both of them. Bodie has arrived at the Hawks uh, off the back of an outstanding season this year. She averaged 10.2 disposals, 2.4 inside 50s, 2.6 tackles. And she finished the year as Brisbane's leading goal kicker, uh, 11 goals from 13 appearances. So, uh, And she scooped All-Australian as well. So as far as... Two players just slotting straight into the lineup. We needed more firepower. Got it. And we've taken one of the best midfielders in the comp. Tick and tick. Thank you very much. So are we talking premiership or premierships? <laughs> well, uh, the team looks a hell of a lot stronger immediately. And, you know, as we're recording this, this is a Monday, Monday night we're recording this. It feels a lot better than raiding North Melbourne like we did last year. Oh, doesn't it? Yeah. Doesn't it? I mean, that worked out pretty well, granted. yes. But, I mean, Brisbane are a powerhouse of the AFLW comp. And they're going to be in contention again, but we've just taken two of their best players. We're hoping for a third, didn't materialise. But speaking of a third player, we're still in that PSP window. It closes on Wednesday. And Hawthorne can take one more. We've got the list spot available. Bloody hell. Yep. So there might still be a bit more to play out in this space. So Incredible. How what, the, um, it's very so, cynical, isn't it? What do you mean? It's very it's very cynical how you can just pick the eyes out of an Oh, abso- absolutely. Brisbane would be fuming over this. Yeah. I, I kind of love it. Another cynical thing that Hawthorne did during, <laughs> during the week. <laughs> what? Go on. You know where I'm going. I do. Luke McCabe is back. Yeah. <laughs> All like hail we, Luke McCabe. <laughs> feels like we need some sort of music sting. I'm thinking that like young hearts run free. <laughs> da, 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 da. And you haven't mentioned his son at all. No, not in the rundown. <laughs> but we can talk about Will. Yeah. What, is he not the... Uh... The end game? Yeah. <laughs> well, he has to be now. we yeah. got his... Got, it's not often son gets a job for the dad, is it, really? But I mean, in AFL, that's how it works. Yeah, old man McCabe is back in the fold. And Scully's dad had a good gig for a while. Yeah, we'll, we'll, bring, uh, we'll bring... Am I being disgustingly 
cynical. Or... Oh, you're not saying anything that Hawthorne Hasn't fans are. Well, yeah. Hawthorne fans are thinking it. Mm. They're looking at Will McKay. They're saying, let's get him over from SA and let's take him. He's, he's father-son eligible. Yeah. So and we didn't have to do this is what you're telling me. I'm, I mean, how could we not? Now Luke McCabe is back in the fold. Uh, he pointing- still has to nominate, doesn't he? <laughs> yes. Will has to go, yeah, no, actually, I'd like to nominate for the father-son team. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, Luke McCabe back as a football director on the club's board. Played, of course, 138 games over a decade-long career for the Hawthorne Football Club. Uh, he was awarded the role following a rigorous selection process. McCabe will be good for the board. Mm-hmm. And the email wasn't bad. Good start from Gowers. Gowers, Reeves, Mitchell, Goddard. It was a lengthy email, given that. And then he's ticking off his election promises. That's right, yeah. The uh, Unite and Inspire Forum, which yep. uh, is... A lot of it's still TBA. I'm not not really sure what shape that's going to take and where it's going to be and when, but I, I'm a big fan of this. It is one of uh, Gower's election promises. I like the idea of bringing everyone together and canvassing the issues that are important to... Well, a number of sectors of Hawthorne people, uh, you know, you've got the members, past players, cheer squad, co groups, it goes on and on. Bringing everyone together and canvassing what's important, I think, is a great idea. It's incredible idea. how many different supporter groups there are. I didn't really realise until you look it up. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, even just the membership alone, if you if you break down, what, 81,000 members, there's going to mm. be all sorts of subgroups. Yeah. Well, I mean, acknowledged official Oh, right, okay, yeah. At the club, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's true. Oh, by the way, you know what else is in that email, actually? There's a, you know, interesting little tidbit. The election results, the transparency around the votes and how it was all broken down, and Gowers won pretty easily in the end. Friend of the show, Andy Gowers, of course. And anything else? I just thought it was notable that other friend of the show, Katie Hudson. Yeah. Vice President. Yeah. And topped the lot in terms of the board candidates... Pole position. That's how you get to be VP. That'll do it. <laughs> That's a ringing endorsement. So congratulations to Katie. Yeah. And exactly what the, the club needs. A strong female leadership. Yeah. If you look at the breakdown of the votes, Hawthorne members were very clear that they wanted diversity and they wanted a female presence. Well, I think she had the track record to get her there. And mm-hmm. although there was certainly, she was certainly aligned with Peter... Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, once the election's over, you've got to work for the betterment of the club. That's that's how they've all said they'll approach it. But you're right in saying that people believed in her body of work to that point. Yep. They had full faith in what she was able to do. And well, yep. front of mind for a lot of people is finance, and, and she's been very good at that. And you notice Dingley wasn't mentioned in the email? I swear, I flagged last week. We, might, some... we might have to do our own digging. No. <laughs> Hey, someone needs to. Am I right? I meant hey, figuratively. Up high. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I look in the past week. It yeah. came across the the Hawk Talk Pod HQ desk, and by that I mean our social media. <laughs> um, that there was some dingling news being announced as far as funding is concerned. Well, it's implied. Yeah, from that from Reeves, three levels of government. Yeah, have funded us. He effectively confirmed that in somewhat of a throwaway line on radio today. So that would be the state government finally putting their hands in their pockets and stumping up the cash. Seems like it. Or or just, what, waiving the land tax. It probably would. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But it seems like it's been a, a little bit of an eventful time off-field for Hawthorne, but in a nice way. So next week we're back with a preview of the game. Mm-hmm. We also have to finish that magazine. Oh, yes, there's a lot of work for that to, to get that out on time. But we are on track. What's the theme again? 
Back to the Future. Really? Well, I've just figured that's what the club's doing. We're investing in the future. And, of course, our guest. Yes, especially excited for our guest next week uh, for our Round 1 preview podcast. And he has a very good record against Essendon. That could be almost anyone at Hawthorne, if you know it. (laughs) (laughs) But no, that's going to be great. Look forward to chatting to them. Uh, I think that's it, mate. All we've got to do is get to the socials. Of course, we're on Apple Podcasts. That's how you might be listening to this. Uh, It'd mean a lot to us if you could rate and review us on there. And uh, it really helps attract other Hawthorne fans to the show by putting our name up in lights with all those good ratings and reviews. So jump on there and do that. Uh, We're on Twitter, of course, at HawkTalkPod. Uh, 4.1 thousand followers, if you don't mind. And most were looking for positives after the game against Geelong. I couldn't believe it. But that's part of what I love about this community. We're generally upbeat folk, you know. We're looking forward to the future. We, we think that Hawthorne does have a bright future. We're realistic that it might take a little while to get there, but the conversations online in our Twitter community are great, as they are on our Facebook community as well, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod. We're also on Instagram. And, of course, the big one for us is Patreon. The Hawk Talk podcast is made possible thanks to the support of our proud, passionate, and paid-up Patreon subscribers. They've signed up. They've gone behind the show, and we very much appreciate every single one of you. If you're listening to this and you enjoy what we do and you're interested in getting some sweet bonus content, head to patreon.com slash hawktalkpod for all the details. And we have a number of new subscribers that we need to shout out. Thank you, Patrick, Liam, Clarence, Tripper, Nicholas, Mark, and Philip. And apparently one of them's very high on Hawthorne. (laughs) That's what we've heard. We appreciate every single one of you. Thanks for getting on board right on the eve of the season as well. We're geared up and psyched for a huge season of uh, Hawthorne footy, and it's great to have you. Um, They're they're probably all high on Hawthorne, to be honest. They are high on Hawthorne. Uh, Now, speaking of uh, one last thing about about the Patreon... Uh, with the season guide if you want a digital copy of the season guide and you sign up to patreon uh, that'll be all yours Uh, if you want a physical one of course we'll be selling those like we normally do but uh, ahead of round one as well we'll actually be at the g selling those i've got to brave the round one crowd nick well i'm not so worried about the the hawthorne crowd i'm worried about the essendon filth (laughs) so (laughs) we'll be where we were last year and uh you know probably with a whole lot of um Caramella koalas. Yeah, that's our go. Love a Caramella koala. Uh, of course, we'll put all the details up on our socials where and when we're going to be there. But uh, yeah, something to look forward to. Massively proud of our season guide, as always. It's a joy putting it together, and we're so excited to share it with you. Well, we're back into the swing of it, Nick. Every Monday from here. Yeah, I think so. It's pretty wild to think of. We've had a decent break, and you know, we popped our head up here and there. But I think as of now, we're really back onto our schedule. The season is about to get underway. The road to round one continues. And, you know, I saw a few people writing about, uh, you know, what's with the slogan, all this belief stuff. But that's what the season's about. Not only getting the players to believe in themselves, but the fans believing that this crop could be the next premiership crop. And we were stunned. AEGM last year, what did he say? Sammy said he had 90% of the next premiership side in the room. Yep, he reckons he has the pieces in place. And he didn't mean me. (laughs) Hey, Sammy believes. You believe? Not yet. (laughs) That's what round one's for when we take on Essendon. Anyway, we'll be back next week with a very special guest indeed and a big bumper-sized round one preview. Until then, we are a happy team at Hawthorne.